You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 59. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by absolutely nobody this week. Uh, I'm actually flying solo this week as both Roro and Sean are both out, but I'll try to keep this thing together as best I can. Uh, it'll probably be a little bit shorter episode this week, probably around 30 minutes. So uh, obviously with just me talking, it's going to be a little quicker. So I just wanted to give you guys a heads up at the top of the show. Uh, again, we are still giving away free t-shirts to anyone who participates in the live YouTube chat for our episode 50 celebration. So drop a comment in there uh, while we're recording live each week to get a free t-shirt. Uh, thank you to everyone who is watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. Just search Podcast PXN and you will find us on there. The topic of the show this week is a preparation for next gen coming next week. How exciting. Uh, I'm the only one here to get excited, but next week, new consoles. So that's very, very exciting. Uh, but first, the show always starts with the PXN News of the Week, so let's go ahead and jump right in. The first item on the PXN News of the Week is Path of Exiles 3.13 Endgame expansion has been delayed until January to avoid overlapping with Cyberpunk's new December release date. Um I thought this was this was kind of interesting because uh, essentially this is just people trying to get the hell out of the way of cyberpunk. Like cyberpunk is a behemoth at this point. It is going to be a uh, event, so to speak, when it releases. Uh, if you're hearing a dog's play toy, I apologize. My dog's playing with his uh, squeaking toy. That's all right. Uh, but anyways, uh, cyberpunk is going to be an event it is going to be a grand theft auto level event. Like grand theft auto five was when it released or a call of duty level event It is a big deal. So the fact that path of exile is essentially saying, all right, we're not releasing in December because we don't want to touch anywhere close to cyberpunk. Uh, so they kind of push back their expansion. That's, that's kind of interesting, uh, on that front. Um, it is kind of weird, though, that it, it's just an expansion. It's not the actual, you know, it's not a Path of Exile 2 or whatever. Um, it's just an expansion that they're pushing back. Um, I don't know. I guess Cyberpunk is that powerful. But moving on, guys, uh, Far Cry 6 and Rainbow Six Quarantine, both Ubisoft titles, have been delayed until... Bet sometime between April 2021 and March of 2022. Uh, so it's essentially being delayed to their next fiscal year. Um, I, I don't think this is that surprising. Uh, it does suck a little bit because I was really looking forward to Far Cry 6. Uh, I absolutely love Far Cry 3 and 4. They're some of my favorite games of last gen. I absolutely love those games. Um, Far Cry 5, I wasn't as big on, uh, I know it was kind of its own take. It was kind of an interesting, you know, take on it, but it wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't necessarily for me and this kind of looks like it's going back to its roots. So I'm super excited for it. 
Um, I'd say Far Cry 6 is probably closer to release than Rainbow Six Quarantine. So if I had to guess, I'd say Far Cry 6 is maybe like a May-June game this year. And then Rainbow Six Quarantine, maybe a fall fall game or even being pushed to January-February of 2022, which would fall within this window. Um, that's just kind of my speculation on it, but uh, that's I don't know. That's kind of what I was thinking in, in regards to that. Um, moving on from there, uh, Apex Legends Season 7 is launching today, uh, which is very exciting. I haven't played Apex in a long time, but uh, it's coming with a new map, uh, Trident Hover Car, which that's the first time cars have been in Apex, which is very interesting, uh, and a new hero, which... The new hero looks very cool. She looks like she has a lot more like traversal abilities and uh, kind of messes with like, you know, dimensions and stuff like that. Uh, one ability I saw, she, she used like this platform that she put down this little gadget and and she steps on it and it essentially uh, lifts her up into the air. So it's kind of like a grav lift, so to speak. So that's kind of interesting uh, to see the added depth to to the character selection that you can have in Apex. Um, but I'm honestly, I'm very interested and intrigued to go back to Apex and check this out. Uh, I haven't, like I said, I haven't played in so long that a new map and the new map looks very, very cool. Uh, it looks very colorful and very, very different than the previous two maps for Apex. So. I'm very excited to check it out and, and the hover car as well. I know when cars uh, were added to Fortnite, it actually made it quite a bit more fun and vehicles in general, like uh, the boats as well. Uh, it just made it more interesting because you could get further into the map quicker. And, you know, if you're someone who's looking for quick battles, you can, you know, fight two or three people and then get in a car and, go look for more people quicker so it kind of gets you back in the action a lot faster than you know you would previously had and obviously i think apex has better traversal than like fortnite because you have the uh you have the little uh whatchamacallit the balloon things that you slide up on and then you essentially parachute back down but obviously that's kind of limited to the area around it whereas vehicles you can kind of go wherever you want so uh, it kind of gives you more versatility uh, in that respect. So I'm excited to go back to some Apex Legends. So uh, moving on from there, we have some PlayStation news. The haptics in the PlayStation 5's DualSense controller, which is the new controller for PlayStation 5, can be turned off for players who may have injuries in their hands or joints. So... I thought this was very cool uh, in terms of an accessibility thing because obviously uh, if you have problems with your hands or, or some kind of injury that prohibits you to experience uh, rumble or, or you know the rumble makes you have pain in your hands or something in that regard, this is definitely going to help with that. So I really uh, I applaud Sony for doing that stuff. I love accessibility stuff. Uh, the more people who play, the better we are. Uh, and actually, the, this kind of brings up a point that I've made on here before that I don't really understand then with this feature being a thing, why can't we use the DualSense controller to play PlayStation 4 games? Uh, 
that's what doesn't make sense to me. They all they kept saying pointing to dual senses, you know, haptics and saying, well, that's why you can't and all this. Well, that doesn't make sense anymore. You can turn it off, obviously, from an accessibility perspective. So why can you not use that controller on PS4 backwards compatible games? That doesn't that doesn't make sense to me still. Uh, and the, the kind of more important thing is, why can't you use DualShock 4 for PlayStation 5 games? So the DualShock 4 is the PS4 controller. Why can you not use your PS4 controller on PlayStation 5 games if you can turn off these haptic feedback? Because a lot of people pointed to that and, and said, well, the PS5 controller has haptic feedback, so that's why they don't want to support the PS4 controller for PS5. That doesn't make sense anymore. You have the accessibility option to not have those haptics on for the PS5 controller, so why do you not support the DualShock 4 on the PS5? That doesn't make That hasn't made sense to me from the get-go. Uh, vi- either way, vice versa. PS- D- DualShock 4 on PS5 or DualSense on PS5. PS4 games on PS5. It, it's it's silly to be honest. It's a very backwards perspective from what Microsoft's doing, but I don't know. Uh, our next PlayStation news story: um, PS5 games won't support PSVR. Only PS4 backwards compatible games on PS5 will support PSVR. So like, it's the same thing with the the DualShock and the DualSense. It's like. It feels like they're pigeon pigeonholing themselves into a next gen only, you know, group. What is the point of supporting PlayStation VR if it's not going to work with new games that are coming out for PlayStation 5? So you have to essentially you have to own PlayStation 4 VR games and play them in backwards compatibility mode on PlayStation 5 in order for the PSVR to even be useful on PS5. That does that that's stupid. That makes no sense whatsoever. Yet again, why can you not play native PS5 games with PlayStation VR from last generation that, you know, that's a big investment. That's what 3-400 for a VR headset. I mean, it, I don't know. The compatibility thing is my biggest problem with what Sony's doing with PlayStation 5 because they're not supporting all of their devices that they worked so hard to make so good last gen, and they aren't continuing that into this gen. So to me, that's my biggest problem with it moving forward. Uh, Moving on, our uh, final PlayStation story, Uh, we have... PlayStation Now seems intent on releasing PlayStation 4 games into 2022, citing COVID-19 as a factor that keeps more users on that system for longer. So they're saying that because of COVID-19, there's going to be a lot more people continuing to play on PlayStation 4. So they want to keep making games on PlayStation 4 until 2022. Great. Perfect. Awesome. But why, again, why six months ago did Jim Ryan come out and say that all of their games from first party, all their games were going to continue, were going to only come to PlayStation 5? Why did he say that? I don't understand that. This is great. I love that. That I wish they would continue to do this and say this from the beginning, but I don't understand why now they're changing their mind about it. And he's citing COVID-19, but 
let's be real. There's over a hundred million PlayStation fours out there. That that doesn't make like those people were there regardless of COVID nineteen. There was a hundred million people on PlayStation four that you were originally telling, "Oh, go buy a PlayStation five if you want new games going into 2021, 2022, whatever." Uh, but now it seems they're going on about face on that. So obviously this is good news now. Uh, I, I don't understand why they continue to flip flop and, and all that, but hopefully they continue to make decisions like that, as opposed to decisions like PSVR support and, um, other accessories being supported on PlayStation five as well. So uh, moving into some Ubisoft news, some more Ubisoft news. Uh, Ubisoft has delayed the upcoming Avatar game to 2022, uh, which would kind of put it in line with the Avatar sequel that James Cameron's uh, developing. And obviously this Avatar game is coming from Massive. Uh, they are the developers of The Division and The Division 2. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see what they actually make this game because obviously we haven't seen anything about this game we just know that massive is making an avatar game for ubisoft that's all we know uh i'm not i'm not a huge avatar fan i think it's all right um i don't think it's anything you know phenomenal i don't think it's the masterpiece that many people cite it as but I am interested to see what they do in terms of a game perspective. Uh, I think there's a lot of interesting things in that world. And I think, you know, the visuals could be the big thing in this game because that world is so colorful and it's so, you know, alive. There's so many moving parts and it literally is alive. Like the plants and stuff move and are, have are living beings essentially in avatar. So I think it has the potential to be something very, very special. Uh, it's just something that we have to see. And obviously with that being pushed to 2022, it could be cited to COVID. It could be cited to, they just need more time or it could even be cited to that. They want to launch alongside the movie and kind of get some cross promotion going on because Obviously, that will, you know, benefit it. It's not going to hurt it, you know, so they'll get a lot more cross promotion opportunities with the movie being released around the same time. So uh, that's very good news, I think. Uh, moving on, this is some uh, ironic news, actually. Uh, the source code for Watch Dogs Legion has apparently leaked online by hackers. So... Obviously, if you if you don't know, Watch Dogs is a game uh, about hacking things and, um, you know, everything watching you and, and this corporation and all of this and you, your main elements in the game is hacking. So the fact that they had their source code leaked by hackers is just very ironic. And I just kind of wanted to put it in here because I thought it was kind of funny um, that that it, that that happened obviously it's not funny in terms of the developers because uh they work so hard on this on these games that it does suck for them i'm sure to see this happen and, and their code leak online but yeah it was very ironic so i kind of wanted to put it in there i thought it was funny uh, in the final PXN News story of the week, Watch Dogs 2's uh, lead actor, Rufin Prentice, uh, who he's the voice of Marcus Holloway in Watch Dogs 2, 
um, and he was obviously the lead protagonist, has he has not been asked to reprise his role for Watch Dogs Legion. I think this is a very big mistake by Ubisoft. Uh, they already announced that uh, Aiden Pierce is a part of the uh, season pass for Watch Dogs Legion, which Aiden Pierce is the main protagonist from the first Watch Dogs game. And I thought he was a very bland character in the first Watch Dogs game. Maybe they redeem him in Legion, but I just felt like he was very bland. He didn't have any depth to his character at all. It was, it was in my opinion, that was a bad decision to bring him back. Marcus Holloway from Watch Dogs 2, I actually really enjoyed, and I liked that fresh perspective that they brought in Watch Dogs 2, and I very much liked Watch Dogs 2 better than Watch Dogs 1 because of that reason. Like, he's just a more fleshed-out character. He has more emotion, and he, he is much more likable. He he has more real-world problems that he has to deal with, and I don't know. I... <laughs> Yeah, I wish they would kind of, you know, approach him and say, hey, do you want to repri- reprise your role? But I guess they've already locked their season uh, pass content, so I'm sure that that's not going to happen at this point. But, uh, yeah, it seems like it, it. it's just a giant ball that they dropped in that regard. Um, but anyways, moving into the games we are playing, or I am playing, uh, that actually leads me directly into the game I'm playing, which is Watch Dogs Legion. And uh, so far in this game, it is a lot of fun. I'm having a ton of fun with it. Uh, As much fun, if not more fun, than Watch Dogs 2. Uh, I really love the mechanic that you can swap between literally anyone in the game. So every single AI character you see, he can be a part of your team and you can play as them, uh, which I think is absolutely incredible. Uh, each person has its own, their own attributes and own specialties and, and stuff like that. It, it is very, very, very cool to see it actually happen in action. And I have yet to see a, I have yet to see an AI character that I bring into my squad that doesn't have something unique about them, which I love. There's so much variety in the characters and it just makes it for such a fun experience. Uh, and, the the interesting thing here is uh I'm playing a normal mode but then there's also you can choose whether or not to play in permadeath mode or not. So if you play in permadeath mode, uh if you lose one of your characters, if one of your characters dies, then you don't get them back. They're gone forever. And actually, if you lose all of your characters, if all of them die and you haven't recruited any new characters, you will lose the game. So actually, I'm playing on the permadeath mode because I thought it was a lot more interesting. The stakes are kind of raised a little bit. And last, let's see, not last, two nights ago I was playing and uh, there was a super stressful moment where I got to a location and a gang like kind of surrounded me on both sides and I was like, oh no, I'm screwed. And I I literally just got destroyed by uh, ARs and all kinds of weapons that they had with one of my favorite characters that I had found in the game. So that was like devastating to me. I was like, no, I lost one of my favorite characters, but I don't know. That, that's kind of one of the beauty beauty parts of the game is that you can uh, go out and find more characters and find someone else that you also like as well for other reasons. So, uh, yeah, I very much recommend the game if you're on the fence. It is It is a lot of fun so far, so... And I do think it improves on the first 
the first two watchdogs games uh definitely the first one but the second one as well so it is a very good game so moving in to the topic of the show ladies and gentlemen uh so next gen is coming next week. It has come quicker than anyone could ever have anticipated. And I'm very excited. And actually right as I was starting the pre-show, I saw my email light up. Uh, I got two emails already for my Xbox one X's. I have three Xbox one X's coming. There was two that lit up my Microsoft store one and my GameStop one are being shipped. Uh, going to be here Tuesday. Very exciting. <laughs> Very, very excited. I, I cannot even believe that we've made it to this point. It feels like just yesterday we were saying, you know, it's going to be six months. It's going to be three months. It's going to be we're here. We're literally here next week. We will have our hands on it. And by the time we record the podcast next week, I will have impressions on Xbox Series X. Um, and then a couple of days later, I'll have my PS5 as well. But what I wanted to talk about was uh, what I am going to play day one on each console. And my first thing I'm going to do on Series X, because obviously Series X comes out first, uh, I'm going to boot up Assassin's Creed Valhalla because that game, I have been anticipating that game since they announced it. And it's not going to be the most revolutionary Assassin's Creed game that has ever come or anything like that. I think Odyssey did a lot in terms of that. And I'm just excited for essentially more Assassin's Creed because I love that franchise. There's so much to love. And I love that they're bringing some elements of the original franchise back, like, you know, more stealth elements uh, to the game as well, which that was kind of one of the things that brought me into Assassin's Creed was blending in the crowds and doing your stealth assassinations and your hidden blade and they're bringing the hidden blade back. So I am very excited to play Valhalla. It really feels like Valhalla is going to be the perfect mix of the old Assassin's Creed style and the new Assassin's Creed style. And that's, that's kind of where I'm excited uh, in terms of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So very interested in that. Uh, what I will probably also play is Gears 5 because probably I might wait until December when the story DLC comes out, but Gears 5 looks, I mean, incredible. The, nothing short of incredible because this game came out in 2018, and, or I'm sorry, 2019, and it already looks like it, it it's a, it looks like it's a native launch title for Series X based on everything they've shown us on the upgrades that they've done for Series X for that game and I'm just so excited for it. I saw today that Sea of Thieves is going to have optimizations on day 1 for uh Series X and S as well, which is very exciting as well. Uh the week after the Series X comes out, we're going to have Master Chief Collection optimizations for Series X and I'll definitely be playing a ton of that. Obviously, I I've been playing a ton of Master Chief Collection from day one and uh, ever since they've kind of fixed a lot of the issues that they've had out there. So very excited to keep going back to Master Chief Collection when Series X comes out as well. Uh, moving on to two days later, PlayStation 5 comes out and that is PS5's launch day. And 
I am very excited for this video game. This video game could pro it's very probably going to be my game of the year, uh, even before even playing it, because I, I love the original so much. Spider-Man Miles Morales is coming out, and I am so freaking excited to play this video game. Uh, Insomniac actually just teased the brand new suit that is the second bonus suit that they hadn't revealed yet, and it is a Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse suit which is very uh, reminiscent, and it's taken directly from Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse movie, uh, which is that you know cinematic uh, digital movie, CG movie, that they made that was very stylized. It was very, you know, the animations were very jagged, I'll call them, where, where you have, like, step animations, and it, it looks so, so unique, and that's what makes it so the movie so good. And the game brings that suit into Spider-Man Miles Morales. But not just the suit, the animation, like the animation of that, you know, that skip step. And it's almost like a skip step where you have like very framey uh, movements, which it looks so unique. That is in the game as well. And that comes with this suit. But the very interesting thing is you can use that animation that they have on the new Into the Spider Verse suit on any of the Spider Man on the any of the Spider Man Miles Morales suits. So any of the suits that they have in the game, you can use that animation for, and that's super cool because it just gives such a unique flair to it, and it feels very comic booky. It feels very Spider Man. Um, so yeah. I I cannot wait for that game. I know a lot of people are excited about the Demon Souls remake. Uh, that's not my cup of tea. I've never been into the FromSoft games or the games where you want to throw your controller and punch your wall. Not into that type of experience. But, uh, yeah, I'm super excited for Into the Spider-Verse uh, suit in Miles Morales. But also, I think... A lot of people have been sleeping on this, but Insomniac is releasing two games in launch window. So they have Spider-Man on day one, but they also have uh, Ratchet and Clank coming, uh, Rift Apart coming uh, sometime in Q1. So I'm thinking maybe March, April, maybe at the latest, we'll have Ratchet and Clank as well, which I am very excited for that game as well. The, you know, the tears that you're pulling yourself through the tears uh, that just shows the power of the SSD. Super excited for that. And actually, another quick shout out for day one for PS5 as well. Uh, Astro's Playground. That I think that could be actually super interesting just to see. It's the packing game for PS5, and and that will give you an idea of the haptics in the DualSense controller and kind of let you feel that for the first time and kind of get all the nuance from it. So. I absolutely love that and uh, very, very excited to have both consoles in hand next week. And I know if Roro and Sean were here, they would definitely echo the sentiments that they want next-gen consoles. I know Roro probably won't get it day one, but I'm sure he will be there uh, as soon as he's able. But, man, it is an exciting time. Uh, it's been a long time since we had last our new gen consoles uh, i guess i was in my what second third year third year of college uh it, it's insane it's insane how time flies but 
very, very excited, guys. So uh, I think that's it. That's all I got. Uh, short episode this week, but we'll be back next week for impressions on Xbox Series X and then a couple days after that, PS5 as well. So thank you again to everyone joining us both live on YouTube and on podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thank you, Daniel. (laughs) That's it. Uh, And this has been Podcast PXN, and I am out. Much love, and keep on gaming.